Hello and welcome back to Out of the Question. This week's guest is the lawyer to comedian and television creator Nazim Hussain. If you're anywhere near TikTok, you'll see that Nazim's sketch shows Legally Brown, which first screened on SBS, and Orange is the New Brown, Channel 7, have gained a whole new obsessively loyal audience. But Nazim's not thinking too much about creating any new television right now. He's just become a father for the second time. And his stand-up show, Hussein That, is currently playing at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival before he takes it around Australia. Nazim was first on this podcast back in 2015 when my sound recording was woeful, but I still maintain he told the most chilling story of any guest. Um, we were in Sri Lanka, me and my family. Um, me, my mum, my, my older sister, my younger sister. I was about... Oh, 10 years old at the time, my little sister would have been about eight and a half. Uh, we were traveling from Kandy to Colombo, so from Sri Lanka to you know, the capital on the coast. And we were on a bus, uh, and then we stopped off to have a toilet break. And my little sister, she was just busting to go to the toilet. Uh, and, we, uh, and my mum said, listen, don't go to the toilet. You know, we're going to miss the bus, and, and then we're going to have to wait three hours for the next bus, and we might get late to the wedding. My sister was crying, and, you know, she kicked up a huge fuss, and she eventually went to the toilet. We missed the bus. We had to wait three hours for the next bus. We got on the next bus. As we were driving, there was a delay on the road, and uh, we eventually found out what it was, and it was the earlier bus that we were on. It had fallen off a cliff, and everyone on the bus had died. And uh, it was because of my sister needed to go to the toilet having loose bowels. So that was, to be honest, it was one of the, it was one of the saddest moments of my life, but it was also one of the happiest moments of my life. Like, we literally, like, we rejoiced that my sister insisted on going to the toilet. So that kind of sticks out as one of, the, one of the happiest moments of my life. Oh, my God, mate. That is unbelievable. So, you know, I guess the moral is if you need to go, you've got to go. Just go. It could save your life. Since we recorded that, Nazim has filmed the Netflix special Nazim Hussain, Public Frenemy, and appeared in I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, as well as The Project, Husey We Have a Problem, The Weekly with Charlie Pickering, and ABC's Q&A. After this interview, go and check out the video bonus content on Patreon, where Nazim talks about the challenge of trying to block out what other people think of him. That's on patreon.com forward slash out of the question with Adam Zwa. As usual, I started off by asking Nazim how he thinks his colleagues would describe him. Well, first of all, I don't really have many fellow workers. Um, I've got my manager and um, I've, I've got a wife and they'll probably describe me as late. I'm late everywhere. Um, I, I even hate how late I am. I, I hate, I need to be late to be motivated to do something. Like the mm. deadline needs to be so looming and there needs to be a consequence. Otherwise, I'm just not motivated to do anything. So yeah, they'll describe uh, me as, so it's gotten to the point where my manager actually um, in my calendar, she um, makes appointment times like 15 minutes, 30 minutes earlier than they actually are. And, but in my brain, I'm like, oh, she's done that. So there's a buffer there. So, so I will come late, but then she doesn't always do that. So sometimes I'm just actually, anyway, so it's, um, <laughs> it's a really bad habit. Do you have late guilt? I do have late guilt and I'm always, I'm always just apologizing. And, and um, I've got like, I sometimes have to check the emails that I've sent previously when I'm late on deadlines to see whether I've said the same thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's been an absolutely hectic week. And then I'm like, Oh no, I think I said that exact thing last time I was late too. So um, yeah, there's, I have late guilt, but also um, I don't care too. 
that's right. You're a charming guy too, so you know you can get away with it. No, no, I, I, I don't. It's not that I don't care about the person. I just um, some for some reason I don't change my my behavior. I'm just a, a I need therapy. <laughs> Help me, Adam. Oh, mate, I'm like, I, I'm like, but I, I'm a but little better now than I was. You know what it is? It's actually the trait of of creative people, and mm. maybe you're becoming less creative, um, Adam. You should you should reflect on that. It would not surprise me. It would not surprise me. You just get older, you get less funny, and uh, you, 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 you're more serious about the oh, world. No, really? Because uh, I was actually thinking about that the other day, because as I told you, we've just, um, our a baby girl just arrived um, a oh, week beautiful. ago. Yeah, thank you. She was on a gap year. No, no, um, she, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, um, she, and when she was born, I looked at her, had a bit of an existential crisis thinking, Oh, I've got to provide for you by telling jokes. That's what I, that's how I pay the bills. What have I done in my life? And am I going to run out of jokes? And then I thought, no, no, no. I think you get better with jokes. It's like, it's a muscle. It just, but, but like muscles in the human body, they do atrophy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what happens is I, uh, the inspiration gets less, but the uh, structure gets better. Okay. okay. You know, so you know how to structure a joke. Mm. beautifully but right. uh you, you maybe just have a little less of the kind of the spark so you're less of a startup more of a microsoft you know, <laughs> that's, there's a hr department that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. start okay. wearing suits to work <laughs> and you start turning up on time yeah. um I, so i do want to change that so apologies to all my fellow workers who are probably not listening they bloody better listen. I'm, I'm, great, I'm like, doing a I, service here for the comedy community. I, I never tell my wife, I tell my wife not to listen or watch my things. And my manager, um, you know, I'm probably about to be sacked by it. She, she hates me. She hates my voice. Um, I had to beg her to get me on your podcast. This is the last favor I'm doing for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, I love your voice, mate. Um, and I'm sure she does too. Uh, <laughs> no, she does. Shout out to Beck. <laughs> What's the most unhelpful feedback you've received? Uh, I don't want to get all earnest, but to probably play it safe. Um, oh, yeah. You know, to, um, I remember a long time ago when I first started doing stand-up and I was at the Comics Lounge and a well, well-known well ethnic comedian saw me um, was there and um, and I, I really looked up to this guy and I still do. And I did my um, material and it got a bit of an okay response. And then he went up there and he smashed it. And actually, before he went up, he said, hmm, your material, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to talk about racism. And then he went up, he goes, he goes, watch me do it. And then he, and he did it. And it was much safer and very, very self-deprecating. And, uh, and then he said, see, you got to play it safe. And, you know, in five, six years, um, you can, once they love you, then you can start to give them the medicine. And, um, and, uh, and I tried that for a little bit, tried to just play it, and it just felt really boring. And I don't know, no one was laughing. And, and it was just a very weird phase in my career where I was just doing something that, you know, I only did comedy, I only do comedy because I have to say, have to say some of these jokes. I could just, you know, I, yes. I, 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 I write cause like um, I get annoyed with things. And the only way I could kind of, I feel like I'm funniest when I'm a bit frustrated on stage. Mm. Um, and if I'm not frustrated, if I'm just making, you know, um, really safe-ish jokes. It's just, it's, people aren't laughing. Um, I can't do that. So bad advice. I was think. that a generational thing? Is he, was this person older than you? Way older? 
is older than me. Yeah, I think it might be a generational thing. And to be fair, like, you know, he, he came up through comedy at a time when you couldn't, like, people had to change it. Like, Akmal changed his name. He was Peter Saleh um, before he was able to be Akmal Saleh. Like, people just wouldn't, you know, they're like, what? Your name's Akmal? Get out of here. But, oh, you're Peter. All right, cool. We love you, even though you look Arab. <laughs> but, you know, um, it was a different, different landscape. So, um, yeah. thank you to that guy for paving the way for everybody else. But um, yeah, I, I think he had a long winded answer. No, no, it's not. I, I think you hit on something really important there about uh, also about comedy and, and the relationship between anger and, and, and jokes, you know, and you said then that you, you're funny when you're more frustrated. Yeah. I feel like um, sometimes, I try, like, um, sometimes I try to write things that I think are funny and a bit observational and that works for maybe other comedians. But when I try to do stuff that, probably isn't personal um something that i f have a, a strong feeling about whether anger or like frustration or like you know if i'm confused about something it just doesn't come out funny it just sort of sounds like i'm trying to be jerry seinfeld or someone that i'm not um so yeah for me it's cathartic when mm -hmm. um to, to use comedy to, to vent but also i think for the audience that's when they're, they're laughing at me most when i'm like just yes actually yeah. our friend our mutual friend joel slacksmith who's a writer he once said when you're on stage funny when you're blah, 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 not funny like, and that oh, was wow. his way of describing my comedy so and it's true um it is true when i've got something to say when i'm like yelling and ranty it get it comes out funny that's really true. And I, I did ask, uh, I asked Ronnie Chen that many years ago. I said, when did you hit on the angry thing? And he goes, I was just kind of being nice for ages. And then one night I got angry on stage and suddenly get this, got these laughs. And it's like, I mean, well, I'm doing that from now on. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I think it works. Yeah. It's, um, and, and also, but, you know, as every writer knows, we're lazy and anger drives mm -hmm. or frustration drives us to write. Totally. Exactly. You can be late and angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the failure you most cherish? Um, oh, this is probably, well, I've had so many failures in, in life. Um, I, I, I'm one of these people that has so many things that I want to do. And like, if I watch the Australian Open and I get into it, genuinely for the next two weeks i'll want to be a professional tennis player yeah. <laughs> and i might yeah. even call up a tennis club and ask about coaching and all. Yes. like in my old, in my young, younger years I, I have a genuine like i get inspired really quickly one time i wanted to own a cafe and um i went around the city looking for spaces and um you know that didn't work but another time i actually applied for a part-time job when i was at uni um, and it was actually, it was possibly going to be a full-time job to be a, like a teacher for year 12 students to teach them how to <laughs> teach them study habits. And it was going to pay really well. And, um, all you had to do was basically go in there and, um, and, and recite the script to the students. And obviously I'm a comedian. So I like to massage the script a little bit <laughs> and, um, and I went in there, massage the script and the, the two owners of the company, these younger guys that were like, mate stick to the script and uh they gave me another shot and i didn't and then they just said we can't hire you mate you're you clearly don't have <laughs> you're, you're, you're not someone that follows orders and uh and i was really really disappointed because i thought i'd this would be great and maybe i could do my own thing like that or or, mm. or go into business with them and um i actually thought that would be my my lifelong career doing something <laughs> like that because it was 
it just seemed like a fun thing to do, like inspiring young kids to, you know, do great at school. And I don't know, I was just really into it. Um, and so I'm glad they didn't give me the job because I might not have done comedy. <laughs> but now just what the, what is the, uh, the actual kind of uh, genesis? You, you did law at uni, right? Yeah, so I studied law and science. And then I um, <laughs> applied for the first job. So I, I went to the cafeteria at university and on the tables there, um, were these flyers and um, it was from PwC and it said, you don't need to have a business degree to work for us. So literally I'd walked out of the exam and I just was, oh, yeah. so I'll, I'll apply. So I applied with my backpack on from the, with my exam notes from the last exam, applied online. And then um, I got an email like the next day, um, you know, uh, telling me to come in for an interview, passed the interview, passed the next round, got through the final round and got the job. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not applying for any other jobs. And so I didn't apply for any of the jobs that I initially planned on applying for. Like I had all these big lofty ideas. I'm going to be maybe a criminal lawyer, maybe a human rights lawyer, maybe, you know, all that stuff that you, you think about doing when you start law. And so I worked for PwC as a tax consultant until I quit, well, finished and did comedy forever. So it was one of these just... Wow, how long were you a tax consultant for? Um, from 2009 to 2012. And, and, what, um, what's and so that, anyone what that received do? advice from me, I would <laughs> advise you to get a second opinion. <laughs> what, do I, so, what do I do? Uh, you, you do everything from tax returns to structuring advice and just, you know, um, if you've got tax owing, we will. So we're on the other side of the ATO. So, you know, you mm. can work for the ATO or you can work for an accounting firm. PwC is an accounting firm. But, uh, you know, my, my rule of thumb was, if in doubt, deduct. And uh, I've since learned that that is not the law. Um, so, you know, I was probably not suited to the job. No, no I, 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 um, I enjoyed the people there. The work probably didn't gel with me that well. Um, it was, for me, quite boring. And um, I'm not a detail-oriented person. You know, you got to really be in there looking at yeah. a lot of stuff. Um, so I didn't end up going on to do my CA because yeah, right, that would yeah. have taken up too much time after hours. All my colleagues were, and I was doing comedy on the side. So if I did that as well, I wouldn't be able to have yeah. done comedy. Like I used to leave my jacket on my seat and go do comedy at lunch. Um, oh, I'd wow. go to Triple J down the road. It was in South Bank. And, um, you know, so they'd see my jacket on my seat. I'd be in a video call and then run down the road, do Triple J, The Doctor on Drive. Um, oh, yeah. And I was doing talkback. I had a segment, and some of my colleagues would be listening in, and they're like, "Ah, Nazim's on the radio." And my boss, sometimes my boss would hear, and they're like, "Should be like, is Nazim on the radio right now?" They'd cover up for me. No, 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 it's got to be a pre-record. His jacket's on his seat. He was just in that video call, and and then she's like, "No, no, they're wow. taking calls. It's got to be live." And I get busted. Oh again. my god! So how did you leave? What? How did you like make the decision? So then, um, uh, the SBS show Legally Brown uh, got commissioned, and uh, you know doing my own show was pretty exciting. And I went to one of the partners and I was like, Oh, Hey, I just got offered my own television show. I don't have to do it, but I was just wondering, you know, should I, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll take a bit of leave. They're like, listen, Nazim, the corporate world is always going to be here. So just, just go and do it. And so they said, take six months leave of absence. I think they were just hoping to get me out of there anyway. And um, I took six months thinking that I'd be back and um, just never just comedy just got busy after that. I just, had gigs that followed and second nice. season of that show. And um, it was uh, pretty, I didn't ever, didn't tell my mom for a while. I, uh, she, yeah. you know, she, um, she had no idea. I used, I, I used to leave the house in a suit um, and oh, going to work at PwC and just go sit in my car for a bit, change into oh. casual clothes, meet some friends, maybe 
write some of the show and then come back. One day she went to my work to drop off lunch, um, which is like, um, <laughs> this oh is my how my God. mom found it. She was like, I'm just here to give my son some lunch. She was at reception, big building. And uh, they're like, oh, what's his name? And um, Nazim Hussein. And they type my name in and she's like, no, he doesn't work here. She's like, no, no, he left this morning too. Oh, Meanwhile, my mom's calling me. I'm rejecting the call. And then the receptionist did some digging and she's like, oh, no, he's he actually um, finished working here a few months ago. Oh, God, mate. And had did and mom happened? called me up and I was, um and uh, and we were filming at the time. I said, no, no, I'm working for a subsidiary and it, the lie got elaborate. And anyway, she came to the um, studio audience filming of Legally Brown where so there was a studio component. So it was all filmed in studio and then there were sketches filmed out of studio. <laughs> and so she sat in there and watched and she, in, I said that we filmed the sketches on the weekends. In her mind, like a five minute sketch took 10 minutes to film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Now that makes sense. So she believed the whole thing. I think it's only perhaps if she's listening to this podcast that she'll find out uh that i was lying to her so oh um, mate I, I love the subsidiary <laughs> line too it's like you are a text you are a lawyer. No, no no i'm still working there it's just a it's just another company connected to listen you wouldn't get it i gotta go mom <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome really um <laughs> which word or phrase do you most overuse ah uh, i'm like every other millennial literally yeah, and yeah. genuinely Genuinely? Oh, genuinely it's like yeah. it's my equivalent of to be honest genuinely <gasps> blah 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 blah, blah. Oh. genuinely or that's crazy when i'm not listening to what someone's saying crazy <laughs> wow that's crazy <laughs> someone will be telling a story and i could just see from their face that what they're saying is supposed to be interesting so i'll just be like wow that's crazy uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So, how did oh, you... so that's your equivalent of that's crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, that is true. No, I'm. I, I've got an exactly. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Americans um, say right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I spoke to Dan Connell the other day. He says right. He said that's just crept into his lexicon over the last few years. Oh, right. That's crazy. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> so, when did you realize you had those? What? Because that when you were taping shows, or did people tell you? Or uh, no, uh, no. I just um, when I talked to Walid Ali, um, you know. He he's very clever with his words, mm. and sometimes when I say literally, da 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 da, he's like, literally, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> like, okay, okay, and he's like, oh, you're being genuine now. And <laughs> he just picks up on all the words. That, he's a smart ass. He's a smart ass. Um, you don't go for Richmond too, do you? No, nah, no, my wife goes for Richmond, and our yeah, daughter right. does too, even though she's a week old. Um, yes, right. Me okay. and my son go for the demons. Oh, you lucky bastards! Yes, 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 yes. Uh, we've had a good, well, hopefully, I've had a good start to the season. Um, just yeah, hopes up too high. How did, um, <laughs> how did you, how did you, uh, how did you get onto that? That, um, oh my, team. how did you get onto demons? Well, my yeah. dad went for them, and my mum as well. Uh, since they came to Australia, which is so weird because it is the the yuppiest club. And, 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 Jew, um, and Jewish club. And Jewish. Well, that, <laughs> historically, Jews and Muslims are cousins. You know, we actually refer to Jews as our cousins. Oh, that's good. Um, so right. we're kind of, you know, it's going for the relatives. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty, like my mum used to go with my dad all the time and there was no other ethnics there. Um, it's no, the, yeah, it's not the, Melbourne. Not Melbourne, no. But um, since, since you know, I sort of 
disconnected a bit from the club for maybe yeah, 10 years in my, my teens and 20s. Uh, got back into it in the last, say, 10 years. And um, as soon as I've been out and proud as a Demons fan, I've had the, had the club contact me. and um, Oh, really? You know, get me down there. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, wow. Um, you know, I think they uh, I think they're really trying to um, modernize the club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as, as they should, as, and, as, and as, it is, it's become modern. And it's all on your shoulders now, mate. You got to do it all. <laughs> I don't know who else is me. Maybe Ryan Shelton. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my only demon story is I was uh, I caught the um the sh- the the ship from uh, Scotland to Dublin, Ireland. And then you what you you taken off the dock on a bus to to into the city in, in Dublin. And I'm I'm sound I, I get onto my bus seat first and I fall asleep and I wake up and Jim Steins is next to me. Oh when was that? That was uh nineteen ninety nine. It's like you died and gone to football heaven. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was like, oh but Jim Steins is next to me. Wow. What do I say? Do I well, play Gary, cool? <laughs> Gary Lyon um is was was my you know, idol in football. I think because he taught, he did a footy clinic when I was in year six. Oh, yeah. And um, that'll do it. Every time I see him now, I'm just like, oh my God, it's Gary Lyon. I, I just become that primary school. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, like that with Alan Border. Yeah. Uh, oh, Alan Border. Alan, I was on Alan Border's shoulders when I was a, I've got to find that photo. Oh I don't know my how my God. dad did it, but I think they just finished playing a game and my dad just, Handed me to Alan Border. <laughs> <laughs> just somehow I got on his shoulders. I got a photo. And I was like, maybe if four. If you find that, mate, <laughs> gotta you got to send it through. That is awesome. Yeah, oh. it's my son. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, like it was normal. Like, I don't like he obviously was just like, yeah, okay. And put him put me on his head. Like that would have just been a thing people did. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, oh, well, that, that stood you in good stead. Uh, also, this is another yeah. one that just came to mind. Speaking of things that used to like Bob Hawke, when he was a prime minister, I remember we wrote him a letter and he wrote back and literally <laughs> said, he sent us like two fun size Snickers bars with the letter. Oh like he sent God. food in the mail. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's another word I say brilliant, I but I've genuinely brilliant. meant it. <laughs> <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> Prominent people don't do that stuff anymore. No, I just do a video back on Instagram. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah, we want sneakers bars. We want sneakers bars. Um, oh, fuck that. I, I love that. Hawkey in the sneak. No wonder he's yeah. popular. Exactly. Um, do you have a motto, Nazim? If in doubt, deduct. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I don't have a motto. That's that's my that's my New Year's resolution. Come up with a motto, but how do, do people have? Do you have a motto? For, for me, it's probably work hard. Yeah, uh, it's that German Lutheran uh, ancestry mm. that I come from, and they're all work, work, work. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. the horse and animal farm. Yeah, um, and I feel that in me, even though yes. I'm not religious anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's wired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel guilty when I'm not working. So no, but yeah, but also that's I think that might also be another creative person thing. Like, mm. what are you if you're not doing exactly. the thing? Um, yeah, because you put yourself a lot, a lot of pressure on yourself. Like when you say, "I've got to tell jokes now mm. to get these two kids through life." <laughs> exactly, and also like um, you know, people are like, "What do you do?" Oh, I'm a comedian. So if you're not telling jokes, and look, my wife, she works with uh, she actually works at the Richmond Football Club, and she's a player development manager, and oh, um. Wow. 
part of her role is, um, you know, and a part, I guess it's part of football culture now, modern football, is to help the players understand that football is what they do, not what they are. Yeah. Um, so if you're not having a good game, it doesn't mean you are not a good person. You know, you're, you are lesser than you are. So it's the same mm-hmm. thing, I guess, with, you know, with everything that you do. You're, the, the thing that you do is what you do, but you are a brother, a son, a husband, mm-hmm. a father, all those sorts of things. You are kind and generous and blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, that, that's not my motto. My, actually, I think my motto is this. It's, it's often how I justify things, purchases or, um, you know, just things that are probably not good for, you're gonna, uh, we're gonna be dead soon. So dot, dot, dot. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's also just a way to just go, oh, just do it, take the risk, take the leap but also just buy the thing. Ah, we're going to be dead soon. So whatever. But you're not going to be dead if your sister needs to go to the toilet. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning into Out of the Question. If you'd like to subscribe to us on Patreon, we're at patreon.com forward slash out of the question with Adam Zwar. That's where you can listen to episodes ad free as well as get bonus content on every interview. Until next time, thanks for joining us.